Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. It's time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Welcome to Season 4 of Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore Fan. I'm Doug Branson, joined for another year, another season, by the man, the myth, the father figure I've always dreamed of being, David Walker. David, hello. Wow. (laughs) The father figure I always dreamed of being. Interesting, Doug. Yeah. Dream it. You can be it, Doug. I, I can I, show you the way. I can. And this a feels lo- like a low bar, though. <laughs> well, well, and a lot of it hinges on the All-Star game coming to Charlotte. I don't want to get like TMI, but I don't want a child during the, the All-Star game. I don't think you have to worry. Well, exactly. So it could be sooner <laughs> rather than later. Okay. The wow. first spawn of Branson. Um, before we get into the show, I have to get to a couple of big changes that we're really excited about here on the show. We are now part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a network that is focused on delivering the best local independent sports talk. We're joining the likes of Fox Sports analyst DJ Foster, NBC Sports writer Sean Hyken, and Utah Jazz play-by-play announcer David Locke. It's a great deal for us and a great deal for listeners because we've joined an extremely talented team that will help provide this show with a new level, a next level of NBA analysis. It also means that we're going to continue our daily Hive O'Clock alarms beginning this fall. Also returning this fall, Hive Talk Live. That's the live aspect. We're coming back this time on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com, search Hive Talk Live, subscribe to the channel this fall. You'll, you'll get to see us. You can watch us, chat with us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you can, uh, we'll make our triumphant return. You can see David's wonderful hair and and our perfect hair, by the way. Wonderful (laughs) studios. You can email your thoughts, questions, deepest desires to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. And if you have a business or product that you'd like to advertise on the show, get in on the ground floor of Hive Talk Live. Email us for more information. That email, buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Dot com And David, we've been gone for a while. We're going to take the rest of July to recap all of the additions, all of the losses, all of the contracts, all of the news surrounding the Hornets, and to, to help everyone get their minds ready to deal with the basketball Sahara that is the month of August. Here to help us, frequent guest of the show, never want for an opinion, his name, the one, the only, Nada Edwards. Welcome to season four, sir. I get to be on the season four preview? Jeez. Preview, premiere, we're starting, we're back in gear. And, 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 no, and speaking of which, since you guys have joined this new network, Locked On Sports, right. does that mean I get paid for this appearance? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I had to ask. I'll buy you lunch. How many new jobs can you handle? I can handle a lot, right. thank you very right. much. Oh, I see. You, you, you were going to break the news on the show. Blame Clay for that. Clay was like, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? I was going to break it here. And you know what? Clay, because I know you're listening. This is your fault. This is not my fault. 
This is your fault. You had to ask me. And you know what? At that point, it was like, okay, Doug Farrar decided to announce his departure. I might as well do it the same day. Who knows? I just happened to do it at night. So you're leaving Charlotte. You're you're going to Bristol, Connecticut. We'll let everyone else connect the dots there. And uh, yeah. well, so, first of all, I consider uh, Hive Talk Live a, a, a big cause for that. I just want to I just want to put that out there. <laughs> the check is in the mail, dog. <laughs> well, we consider you a Hive Talk Live alum. You, you're what you're part one of, the of them. You, that's right. You're part of the family, and, and that means we get to take credit for any and all of your successes. Wait, what? what? <laughs> no, no. This just doesn't go down like this, Doug. You will not try to try and take my success. No. David, he might be, be able to. Don't be a success a hog. <laughs> yeah, David David can take a look. Da- David might. He's got kids. He need, he suffers enough. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, can, he can take a little bit. Doug, you are childless for the moment. You cannot take any success. All right. I, I'll, I'll accept that. And we'll we'll save our uh, softy goodbyes for the end of the show. But we're yeah, going tears to, later. That's mm-hmm. right. We're going, we're going to start today with the highest profile signings the Hornets made in free agency, re-signing starters Nick Batum and Marvin Williams. Let's start with Nick Batum. He signs a five-year $120 million deal hours into free agency in the middle of the night. Didn't did not meet with another team. Nada, how important was Nick Batum to this team last season? I think to to answer this with a statement, you just look at Kemba Walker's numbers compared to when he's on the floor to when he's off the floor. I think it was like a 30, it's like a 12% drop. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to invest in Kemba Walker as your point guard of the future. Nick Batum had to be that had to be a piece that had to be retained. Anyone that thinks that we paid too much, he's not worth the money. This, that, the third, and shout out to Cam Newton for that because I'm glad he brought that back. <laughs> but the the biggest thing is you just got to remember that Nick Batum does so much, and for playing what fifty plus sixty games this year, he did fairly well, and he played a lot of games hurt. This guy is going to be integral in terms of the growth of this team going forward, and the fact that he did not take another meeting says exactly what he wants, says a lot, and says essentially what you want to say is that Charlotte is now becoming a place where we retain our free agents, not just bring them in. Yeah, definitely the next evolution of this franchise, getting a desired star to re-sign something even the old Hornets struggled to do despite drafting several stars, but David... I mean, he he did so much on the court for the Hornets this season, but he also, I think, fits who this team is, their personality, the kind of guys they target. It seems like Nick Batum, the perfect fit for this Charlotte Hornets franchise. Yeah, I think so. And I think you have to remember, you know, when he came here, there was all this worry, right? That was, this is, this is actually the final step in like a two-year-long process of acquiring him, unloading uh, Vonley Henderson, that whole thing has finally come closed, right? It was it was hammered by some at the time for being a big risk, but you're right, Doug. For the Charlotte Hornets to re-sign him, which they haven't, you know, hadn't had a lot of success doing, but they bring in a guy like that. They got their wing guard, they got their two guard. They've been looking for since the Bobcats came back. Right since basically since what actually, Del Curry actually if, you, if we're really going to be honest <laughs> yeah we go back to our summer uh, rankings last year shooting guards it hadn't been pretty for, for the franchise since since uh, it came back especially so. when you consider Stephen Jackson's one mm. and a half seasons is probably the best shooting guard until Nick Batum that Charlotte's had since Del Curry yeah 
but you're right, Doug. He fits the team, um, and he's a leader on the floor. You know, this team last year didn't wasn't bombastic, right? They weren't a lot of guys in the locker room going crazy. Probably a good thing looking at the at the season before. So, mm-hmm. uh, fits the team. Wanted to be back here. Now, did he? He there was rumors of him meeting with Dallas, or did he not meet with Dallas? He did not get a chance. Out there, yeah, right? he, he met with the Hornets in Dallas. Did not get a chance to meet oh, with the okay. Mavericks because. But 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 used them as did a lot of other people to <laughs> say hey. Exactly. DFW was busy with NBA talent, uh, getting getting and, deals and, with. And other we teams. should note the Hornets got him. I don't want to call it a discount, but he yeah, could have taken is. more. He could have taken more. Well, it, not only a discount, but uh, it was a backloaded deal, so it allowed them to save precious pennies in this offseason to to make the acquisitions that they did, and and Ramon Sessions and and uh, Brian Roberts and others and Hibbert. Uh, yeah, so he he does a lot of things I think on the court that I mean he set a first of all he set a career high for himself in scoring uh, didn't do as much defensively as he's done in years past but he was drawing fouls off of those three point shots mm. he hit tough shots late and you, you look at that playoff series against Miami he hit a couple of tough shots late in in one or two of their victories in, in situations where he was playing very hurt. And Very, you, and I don't. I don't think for everybody that talks about yeah. Marvin and Kemba being hurt, Nick was just as hurt, if not more. Yeah, and, and so he he does these things. He 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 guts it out, and it's tough to quantify that. And I think all of that plays into uh, the, this whole conversation around what is he worth, max deal, not max deal. I think all of that plays a factor. Yeah, and I think just say this, you know, Nick is not Kevin Durant. He he's not in that category. He's not really the guy that you want to stamp build you know quote unquote build your franchise around but he's a piece he's a guy that this franchise in this market at this stage they have to keep a guy like that you can't let him go and for people to say they overpaid for him that was the market and like Mm -hmm. we said they got him at a reduced rate compared to what he could have gotten but they have to be able to start to retain those guys their guys they brought him in for a full season last year which i think certainly helped they had success which certainly helped they're building a culture with cho and clifford and everyone else that helps but you can't just look at it and say in a vacuum he's the player gosh we paid too much for him look at his stats he does so much more on the court and he means so much more as a signing when they can retain someone like that who is who was who was p- other people were going after? He was the number three free agent. If we're going to be, he's a really number two honest. wing guy, right? Durant, he, Batum, exactly. He he was the number three free agent. If we're really going to be honest with ourselves right now, he was the one guy that could have been ha- that everybody thought could have been had, and he didn't. He only mm-hmm. took one meeting, and the fact that it took less than the max, and the fact that we know Kemba Walker and MKG were in Dallas with the Hornets at the time says volumes about what they did to retain him. Especially when you consider Harrison Barnes is making the same money. Yeah, and I did a little research because I wanted to know when when was the last time the, the Charlotte franchise really went and paid a max-level deal and, and got a max-level guy to resign? And it was actually, sadly, it was Jamal Mashburn. Oh, yeah. Who signed a six-year, $54 million extension. Unfortunately, <laughs> Charlotte... Well, yeah, nine million a year. Okay, and what did uh, what did TV uh, money wasn't what it used to be? Miles Plumley just signed for fifty two over four. So let that. He's making MKG noodle. money, y'all. It is what it is. Okay. Anyway, but so it's been a, it's been a long time, and, and Charlotte didn't even get to see the fruits of that right. contract. 
So this is a big deal. This resigning is a big deal. But I think if we're being fair, there still are concerns with with Nick Batum in terms of injuries. Had several last season. Did play 70-plus games. That included playoffs. But you know, there were times, and, and, and so it's like durability. Can we, you know, When you're talking about a franchise that wants to get to the second level, uh, the second round of the playoffs, can he be durable enough because he is so crucial to this team? And then I think his defensive impact. It was way down uh, compared uh, to his previous seasons, although... I think a lot of that was by design, though, also. Okay, go ahead. I think a lot of that I'm was, with you, by the way. I agree. I think a lot of this was by design. That was by, that was Cliff telling Nick Batum, essentially, look at this. All you're going to be is our facilitator. Don't worry about defense. We have MKG. We have Courtney. We have PJ. That's what we're going to do. You are not going to be the primary defender anymore. I want you focused more on offense. And that was smart, especially once MKG went down. Then I think then you you have to say to Nick, don't tire yourself out in the first mm-hmm. half playing intense lockdown defense. You have to save yourself so that in the fourth quarter you can still distribute, you can still shoot the basketball. Yeah, and I don't know that he is a a lockdown defender. I he mean, can. He, he he can he can be. I think maybe at times he was a bit overrated as a defender in Portland, just on that team. I mean, he's not an MKG, but nobody is. Um, but I, but I think you're right. I mean, they need to use him in a creative. He needs to be create, creating on offense and scoring and getting other people involved, especially on last year's team, right? I mean, that's where he made the big difference. Yeah, I think with MKG returning, if MKG is able to stay it's gonna healthy, help everybody. it's going to help. I think Nick Batum gets some more blocks, gets some more steals because he doesn't have to be that primary focus on defense. But get this, he actually did receive two votes for the all-defense team. And that's one more vote. I'm not kidding. One more vote than Kevin Durant and one more vote than Bismack Biombo. Steph Curry. <laughs> well, we're, we're not ready to talk about that just yet. <laughs> seven more votes than Steph Curry. It was negative five. Um, no, so that's interesting, I think, that he, that he did uh, get two yeah, votes. I, because, but I, I think it's because he really, on that team, on last year's team, he was – a lot of the defense. Well, and just from a physical standpoint, I mean, he's an athletic guy. He's a mm-hmm. long guy who can be effective on defense just by being out there and, and bothering guys. Um, and I didn't mean to use the term overrated in the totally negative connotation. Oh, you're no. just saving your you Twitter mentions right yeah, now. It's it. not going to work. It's on tape. You can't, I can't play D. You can't play D. Oh, Jesus. Uh, look, I'm going to disavow any knowledge. <laughs> I love Nick. I, again, I love Nick, but the one thing we got to remember on this is, and this is the big thing, Cliff compared him to Hito Turgaloo for a reason. No one ever saw <laughs> Hito Turgaloo okay. as a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. He was more of the distributor. He was the guy, him and Rashard Lewis, especially on those Orlando Magic teams, were the guys that were going to distribute, were going to have you focus on offense and we need you to hit threes and create offense and unclog the paint. That was the idea. Okay, but yeah, but he was a guy for Portland for several years that could average a steal and a block. And I think if he can do that again, if he doesn't have to be, uh, you know, if he doesn't have to save himself for the second quarter in terms of his defensive abilities, I think with MKG returning, he could get back to that steal and a block. And, and if he does that, that that takes the Hornets, I think, to a next level defensively that they weren't able to get to last season. And remember who he was playing with out there in Portland, Wesley Matthews, who is a three and D guy. Yep, and he's legit. And so you have you you know you had a Lillard, 
that's a Kemba comp a little bit. You got and you throw Batum, and then you have MKG, another wing guy who can play defense. I think it's going to help everyone. Batum, most of all, probably out there on the wing. All right, so Nick Batum will join the French national team in Rio for the Olympics. He will be the only Hornets player in Rio this year. Marco Bellinelli's Italian team was defeated by Croatia for one of the final spots in this year's Olympic tournament. Are either of you worried about the Hornets' newest highly paid star heading down to Rio for these Olympics? No. No, if anything, they're going to be indoors most days, and I doubt they'll be out at night that much. I really do. Oh, I didn't mean his safety. <laughs> but you could definitely, with everything coming out of Rio, you could definitely take it. I just meant in terms of him playing, playing. those extra minutes. I mean, we saw Marco in, in international play, another new Hornet. That, that, that break did his more, face. Yeah, that, that Marco playing worried me more because of play style more than Nick will. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think Nick's going to be smart. I think, and more importantly, that French team is deep. What's this like? His tenth year, yeah, on the French national team. I mean, he's been playing professionally since what age fourteen. So he's been <laughs> and Cliff does know how to manage minutes. He's not Thibodeau. <laughs> uh, I mean, anytime. I mean, I get nervous about the the Olympics for for NBA guys, NBA stars. I'm glad some of those guys aren't going because of that, but. I mean, it's, I guess it's a concern when you play, but you can't worry about it. And I think Nick's done it enough that, that like Nada said, he kind of knows the deal. He knows how to play, knows how to play that style, and can hopefully stay out of harm's way. All right, let's move on to the other big re-signing for the Hornets, Marvin Williams, another guy that took his game to another level for this Hornets team. And uh, he did some things focused on some things like block shots that weren't really a characteristic of his game. Uh, David, Marvin Williams, his impact on last year's Hornets. Can you even measure it? Is it immeasurable? <laughs> what about the intangibles, David? What about all the intangibles? Well, Doug, every Sunday when we appeared live on TV, every Sunday. <laughs> um, that did happen. It happened a couple and times. And you know what? I, I hope it happens. I finally got some new... Michael Air Jordans. Oh my God! Oh God! <laughs> the Wait. fact that he's calling him Michael Air Jordans—that's not a good sign. That's a season new Air that's Michael a, Jordan. That's shoes. a season two joke. That's a season two joke. Uh, um, but I got a new pair, and I want to show them off. It's the CHA pair. I got those for my birthday, and I want to show them off on the. Also, oh, you got the Hornets colorways. Yeah, we both yeah. have them. I know. We're, we're similar birthday bros. boys, by the way. Birthday brothers. Uh, if you want to show them off, just get on Instagram or Snapchat. Well, we're going to be live on YouTube, but it's really – I might pull something. Yeah, that's to a little bit harder on this table. The studio. Uh, but Marvin Williams, I think my reference to that was every – it seemed like every Sunday we were saying, you know, if it's not Kemba, Marvin's the MVP of this team. I mean, he's certainly the most unheralded guy, but he was the most consistent – performer i think out there they asked him to do so much especially once mkg went out on defense rebounding and and he he lived up to it i mean i have to admit doug you have kind of made me worried though because it was a career year he's an older guy uh he's been playing a lot a lot of basketball but you know what i mean marvin dedicated himself last year got the running in did some jogging hopefully he's doing that again this summer i mean he was sought after too, and they got him at a discount. So, I mean, that's too. Serious discount. Yeah. Let me just yeah. say this because I worry that people get the wrong impression of me. I love Marvin Williams. <laughs> We're both backtracking. Already. I love, no, listen, I love his game. I love the, I love his work ethic. I, I, I mean, you can't, again, you can't quantify what he meant to this Hornets team last season. No, but you're just looking at I'm the I'm not worried facts. about Marvin Williams. I know he's going to put in the work this offseason to get his body into peak shape. 
What I'm worried about is father time. Oh, no, sure. I, I agree with you. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you and, on and, this And one. Marvin told Matt Rochinski of Hornets.com that Steve Clifford told him that he was not going to ask Marvin to do any more or any less than he did last season. But Marvin did so much last season that I'm worried that if he's put under uh, that kind of workload again, that we're going to see a repeat of last season where we saw Marvin really fade come playoff time. Yeah, and that's where so much hinges on MKG coming back, right? Because they won't ask him to do as much. Hopefully naturally he'll do less. Yeah, yeah if yeah. MKG is back in there, but... You know, you're wanting him to hit all those threes again. I mean, that's he was big. That's that's the issue that you worry about with Marvin, and I I have to agree with Doug on this one. I wasn't a fan initially of bringing him back. The fact that they got him at 13 instead of 19 or 20 is a victory. But the other thing that I think we have to factor into this is, and there was a story, and I believe it was Brendan Haywood that told the story. He was in town for Marvin Williams' birthday party. And I like this story already. Yes. You had Kemba fly in from New York, where wherever he was going. Nick came in. Um, Brian Roberts, who hadn't signed yet, came in. Brendan Haywood was there. A lot of a lot of the Hornets were there. Ice cream cake or regular cake? I, I didn't get details on that. Oh I wasn't there. What the... If, if if I was there, do you think I would have? Here, here's the thing, Doug. If I was there, do you think I wouldn't have tried to sneak you to win? Well, no, David, oh. you, you you got you got kids. You can't go. I just want. I would just want a piece of cake, honestly. Still, I just don't. I. It's called it's networking, tough to get out. Doug. It's called networking. You could have gotten a Hornet on Hive Talk Live if we you, you went. Think about it like that. Cody Zeller's been on the show. He doesn't remember it, probably. <laughs> but he, he was on know. here. He, he just doesn't no, know. Thought he was talking to a fan. More he ended up on the show. More importantly at this point, though, going back to the chemistry thing, I think chemistry-wise it was important for him to come back yeah. because a lot of guys respect him. The, fa- the only reason I'm okay with it is because it was for 13-9 and it wasn't for 19 or 20. Well, That's the only reason I'm really okay with I'll it. I'll be right honest, now. I was okay with it once Al left, uh Lynn left. I was like, man, they got to I mean, you can't now, let Al, everybody leave, right? Al I was fine with leaving. Right. Lynn for the money that he got and to be fair, I think Lynn Jeremy Lynn left a lot on the table, especially when you consider what Dion Waiters is probably going to get from Philly. He left a lot on the table. I think I think Jeremy Lin wasn't going to come back, and more importantly, Jeremy Lin also changed up his story about four or five different times coming up to July 1. Well, he's media savvy, and I think even before he came to Charlotte, he's been following his heart rather than following his wallet. I think yeah. he, he's been, he's on, he sees himself as on a journey. He and sees the, himself and, as a starter. Well, that, and that's the end of the journey yeah. is yeah. to reclaim a starting spot. Anyway, anyway, we'll talk about that on the next show. But, but I, I, I think we can't underestimate the the effect that Marvin Williams has on not only the locker room guys, but the continuity. Keeping yeah. a continuity yeah. in this franchise in terms of the roster, something you, you look back into the years of the Bobcats and really even the the former Hornets, the old Hornets, made the playoffs and then you would see a dip and 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 you would see guys leave or you would see guys get traded away. And that isn't happening now. We're seeing a continuity and I think that's important in terms of franchise building. Exactly. They always talk about building a culture when it comes to the Charlotte Hornets. 
It started with Steve Cl- it's st- actually no, it started with Rich Cho. It moved on to Steve Clifford retaining some of these guys, retaining these veterans to teach them how to play is going to be huge for this team and I love the fact that Marvin did come back for that reason and again, if that Marvin Williams birthday party story doesn't come out, I'm probably more with David on this one. Seriously. You had the Instagram photos of them in the in the training room with the Nick Batum and the Marvin Williams jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, again, I think they're similar in personality and they love playing with one another. And that's not something I, I think to be taken for granted in the NBA. Be where one guy can come in and, and, and knock down chemistry and, and and send a send an entire franchise off course for a year. Yeah, I think I mean they had to bring those were their first two priorities. Nick was one and Marvin was two. Yeah. For me, it probably would have been Lynn too, but that's something we can get into uh, at a later date, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's hard to I'll, argue. I'll call in and yell at you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue uh, with Marvin. Though. He was a starter. He's going to be a starter this year. He was, like I said, probably the MVP once he got past Kimba uh, and certainly one of the more consistent guys. So, again, I think it, uh, another factor in that is they got to be able to retain these guys. They can't lose key guys. It can't be a halfway in house. In the offseason, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get to our next topic, it's time for a segment we like to call Frank Kaminsky Asking Questions on Twitter. Remember, these are real questions on Twitter from Hornets Power Forward, Franklin Delanor Kaminsky. Who wants to go to a Blink-182 concert with me? This has been Frank Kaminsky asking questions on Twitter. If you ever see Frank Kaminsky asking questions on Twitter, send it to us at Hive Talk Live on Twitter or buzz buzz at HiveTalkLive.com. David, what else are we talking about today? We're talking about some of the biggest offseason NBA happenings, are we not, Doug? Well, we've been gone for a while, and we haven't uh, been able to muse on some of the things that have gone on in the offseason. It was a big offseason, and it was a big NBA playoffs, A good one for us to take off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We snoozed on it. Well, luckily, At The Hive's been good about covering everything, and SB Nation as a whole. So, Nada, we're we're going to talk about our favorite NBA storylines. Nada, what's been your favorite thing to follow this offseason? Not favorite, but the biggest thing to me, Detroit is dangerous. Detroit is adding talent, and they're getting— Yeah, but what about the Pistons? Eh? Eh, funny. That was good. All right. That was good. David wanted to laugh, but he was taking a sip of water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but Detroit become is going to be a threat in the East. I want to say their next year's Toronto. That's how good I think they mm. can be. Stan Van Gundy, year three. Drummond's going to get better. You still have Reggie Jackson, which is who has an absurd contract. But you also have Tobias Harris that's going to be properly coached for the first time in his career. I like that team going forward. They scare me. They scare me a lot. That's good. We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference breakdown later next week. But, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of Eastern Conference teams that you wouldn't you wouldn't think of immediately as threats but could very well. In the same way, I think that Charlotte snuck up on people last season. Uh, a few teams, I don't, I don't know if they necessarily like Indiana or or Detroit necessarily transform themselves in the same way that Charlotte did, but they they certainly added. Pieces Detroit added does, habits. Indiana doesn't. Indiana, I have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I and I, to be fair, I don't think they do either. 
Yeah, certainly not out of, out of nowhere like the Hornets were. I mean, people have been kind of waiting for this to happen since Stan Van went back there. Mm-hmm. They've been waiting him to put his team together, which he's slowly, slowly started doing. to do, and got Drummond, which is the big piece, I think, and putting guys around him. So, yeah, I mean, there's got to be a lot of optimism coming out of Detroit. Detroit is scary good. Um, the other, the other I one, still, I'm like, okay, guys, like Tobias Harris, though. I mean. I don't know. If Do anyone we can really put it know? together, it's Stan Van Gundy. This is his time, right? This is his time. This is this is his time. Him and Marcus Morris, or which, whichever the Mark the Morris twins that's not arrested right now. <laughs> that, them and then I think Chicago is going to be worse than people think. I think it's going to be a disaster. That is that that is a powder keg waiting to happen. You have Rajon Rondo, Coach Killer Extreme. You have Rondo Dwayne, Wade. Yes. Yeah, you have Rondo, Wade, Butler, and nobody to space out the floor. And it, and unless Doug, Dougie McBuckets is playing power forward, which I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see that happen. So your backcourt in the new NBA, the three-point NBA, is Rondo and Wade. Yeah, and Butler, who's really not that good at, th- at three-point shooting either. And Rondo is not as good. Def- it's not great when you add pieces where it's – well, they're not as good at this as they used to be. Like you can say that about all three guys now. Yeah, I mean yeah. the thing they have going for him is like Butler's really, 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 really good, and Dwayne Wade was borderline amazing last year for what he was able to do in Miami. So, I mean, I hang my Don't hat on remind that. Me. I hang my hat on that if I'm a Bulls fan and if I'm on that team. So they got talent, right? I'm not. I don't know about. Um, who is it? Hoiberg? Yeah. The mayor? Hoiberg, yeah. Hoiberg is probably going to end up fired before November. <sighs> yeah, that's going to be a tough one in that locker room. Man. He might end oh up. Oh, my God. He might end up fired. Actually, no. December 1, I'd be surprised if he's coaching after that. But i tell you what. I'm going to tune in to watch the Bulls, especially early on. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to do Bulls-Knicks early, and then one of those teams has to win that game, unfortunately. But still. David, your favorite NBA offseason storyline? My favorite storyline was, and let me tell you something, I went to watch Game 7 of the NBA Finals out at a local establishment, which I don't do anymore. I don't, <laughs> I love, I don't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. I watched Game 7 of the NBA Finals yeah. at a local establishment. At a local establishment. <laughs> Ever heard of it? <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I, d- I haven't right. done that That's in how a big long time. That's how big it was. I think yeah. it was also Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you got people to leave you alone for the day. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I was able to go. Yeah, but <laughs> that game seven, man, that was one of my one of the best, most memorable NBA games I've watched in probably the past five years. And when LeBron just lost his mind and was going all over the place, that block when he came. I mean, there were people I I knew loosely that were in the same establishment as me. And, you know, knew their faces. They must think I'm a complete crazy person because I went nuts. When he went up and got that block, I mean, that whole game was back and forth. That was my favorite thing. The finals were, once once they started coming back, right, once it was down 3-1, I mean, that was a tremendously fun time, uh, I thought, in the offseason for me, Doug. Yeah, how about how, – no, The offseason, so, it was during the, <laughs> during the postseason, but you know what I was I mean. about to say, get to the offseason part, man. Yeah, so you had the finals and then, okay, or excuse me, Golden State reacting by going out and getting Kevin Durant. And, Crazy. And this is – I'm glad we have Nada here. I'm so glad we have Nada here. Uh oh. Because all I all I started to hear, the only thing I could hear, I tuned everything else out. The only thing I could hear after Golden State acquired Durant were the few voices in my podcast sphere that started talking about, okay, now what happens with Steph Curry? 
when they have to re-sign him. There are a lot of there are a mm-hmm. lot of uh, 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 players with talent on that team now. A lot of you know, there's only one basketball. They now have four superstars. Maybe Steph goes to Charlotte in 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 2017 because it's a little too crowded. Three's company, four's even more company. It's one angle. Nada. <laughs> I know this is your favorite. You're le- that's going to be the best part about you leaving, right? You don't have to hear that anymore. You're going to tell everyone in Bristol about oh, <laughs> all God. these people down in Charlotte. Why? Why? Why would you do this to me, Doug? I thought we were friends. I think it's a legitimate. I think it's a legitimate thing. I, I think it has to be. I mean, if you're the Hornets, it has to be. It. I would it say it opens this. a sliver, a little sliver of light, a little sliver of hope. I would say this. I don't see any way he's leaving. I really don't. I think they trade Clay before they'd even let Steph get the idea to leave, because I think it's a lot easier to deal a Clay Thompson. Especially, he, listen, he's he has a U in front of the FA, so he'll he'll have the. It's not about them not letting him the, leave. And again, it's a mo, it's not about money. It's about yes, it is. Well, it may be. Yes, it, it may is. end That's up being. But what of, I'm saying is, if he yeah, comes to Charlotte, it's <laughs> a lot a lot of money. But it it will be about emotion. It will be about his current situation on that team. What if it doesn't mesh? What if the chemistry isn't there? What if he feels like he's not the star of that team anymore? I think it's legitimate to think that he would then be pulled. And he, look, you've got people talking about how uh, Aisha Curry wants to move back to Charlotte. I just think this, the 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 rumblings are starting to happen now. They may be small. But that's how Durant to Golden State started, though. I mean, I'm telling you, in this day and age, you can't count anything out. I mean, that's the biggest I, thing, right? I, I, the only reason I can, to a degree, is I don't think Steph makes again. Steph and Dre and all those guys make that overture, those overtures for Steph to leave in a year. I don't think. He I mean, does I it. don't think it's likely. I, I don't think it's probably. I, I would put. I would put the chance for me being nice. I put it at a 5% chance it happens. But it is a chance. And it's more chance than I've given them ever before. Do you think the Durant signing helps, when we say help, we're looking at it from a Charlotte perspective, helps that? No. I think it makes it a lot harder. See, it's weird. You could argue both sides, right? Because you could take the side that Doug just took. Well, Durant's there now. It makes it a lot easier for them to, hey, maybe not try so hard with that re-signing of Steph. Or you could argue the other side. Hey, Durant's there. <laughs> it's so much easier for him to play now that the team is loaded and they don't have to. You know, he doesn't have to work as hard. It'd be one thing if I honestly do think it'd be one thing if there was a chance of them getting somebody to win. I don't think Steph is coming over here to get shellacked. And I'm not sure even with Steph Curry in this lineup, they're good enough to beat LeBron, and that's the biggest issue. I think if he goes somewhere, Steph is going somewhere where he can beat LeBron. And I, unfortunately for the rest of the NBA and unfortunately for the Hornets, that place is in Oakland. And un- unless uh, like unless he does a one-and-one, one, which is a, still a possibility – and LeBron retires in that second year, he's not coming. He's blah, not. blah, blah. Steph to <laughs> CHA, hashtag. Anyway, listen, we just I want to make a bet because this is your oh. last in-studio show for a while. For a while. Well, we'll we, we shall see. Okay. We shall see. We shall see. But I want to make a bet that if, if Steph does sign with Charlotte in 2017, 
you have to come back in studio to do a show on YouTube, on a, one of our live shows that we'll do on YouTube. I'm and, already down for this. And you on the show, you don't even get to talk. You just have to eat a, a Bojangles chicken biscuit, which I love. I know you oh, hate. Oh, God. I know you hate. So so that's the bet. Uh, you can And you can tell me Deal. to do... Deal. Deal. Right, you can think of what you want me to do, but Deal. I'm telling you, Steph 2 CHA. 2017 deal it's a long hashtag but let's make it happen uh my favorite thank you okay good we've got a deal it's on the record all right my favorite nba offseason uh moment happened with the orlando magic the new home of uh still my favorite player bismack biombo uh the orlando magic did what i've seen uh, so many large corporations or, or large organizations do and fail to do on Twitter, and that's poll their audience or ask their audience for an open-ended uh, commentary. This one coming from the Orlando Magic, who on Twitter asked their followers to describe their <laughs> offseason in three words, hashtag 2016 in three words. And again, they unleashed this to the masses, to Twitter, and it went, well, expectedly i would like to read you a few at a bubba guest said fire everybody now here's one (laughs) why the trade another one maybe next year here's one 100 trash (laughs) failed free agency you guys suck (laughs) some of these i haven't even seen yet (laughs) it's amazing listen guys you get large organizations corporations don't, if you're going to poll your audience, we've seen polls go so wrong for so many organizations because they leave they leave it open-ended or they leave a place for people to write in. And it always, always 100% fails. You can't do it. You have to close down the poll, give people three options that are approved by your organization. My God, it's 2016. Why haven't we figured out the internet? Because people don't know Twitter. People still reply is all. That, you think that? You think that's? <laughs> I mean, is that that unaware? It's 2016. We've had the internet for almost 20 years, and we still haven't figured it out. Did no. they retweet any of them? They must have gotten one good one. I hope one, so. Right? They must I have hope faved, so. They must have faved one. Because if, one if so, their IT guy was fired immediately. Well, here's a good one. The Peyton for the win says confusing, but better. <laughs> Define That's better. about as good as it, twenty likes. As it got. It was listen, Orlando. It was a little confusing. Interesting. They have um, seventeen bigs on their team now. And Orlando, that's been a team where everyone said, "Ah, oh, they got a young core. They're putting some together. They're up and coming." What is Watch with out. what is with Eastern Conference teams adding uh, just too many bigs? All the bigs. Milwaukee's now done it with with Miles Plumley, and now they have uh, Miles uh, Monroe. Giannis. Who they're trying got, to trade. Yeah, I mean they've just. Who, got, I wouldn't be surprised as in a Hornets uniform. I really. Wait wouldn't. a minute! Wait 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 a minute! You're gonna have to call in for another show because I <laughs> we don't have time to get into that the way it needs to be gotten into. You dropped a bomb near the end. I'm impressed. Thank you because uh, you just teased yourself on another show. Exactly. All right. Well, let's say goodbye to Nada. I, I, Nada. I, I just hope that wherever life leads you from here, you find a fast, casual dining experience that makes you happy, like Bojangles never could. That's my goodbye. You, you know, you're, you're trying to make me cry right now, <laughs> and I've been like on the verge of tears for the last I don't know, sixteen, eighteen hours. 
Don't do this to me. What do they have in Bristol? Churches? uh, Something? I don't know. Uh, Hopefully they got Popeyes. Because if not, they probably got that. that. But in all seriousness, Nada, thank you so much for all the contributions that you've made to Hive Talk Live. And again, I know you're going to be on the show many more times, but I just wish you uh, nothing but um, good luck and and great. I know great things are going to happen to you in Bristol. So um, thank you, sir. Definitely. This is not goodbye. This This is is not goodbye. This is is just see you later. But I, 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 I echo Doug. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for all the voices. Thanks for all the replies, even when you weren't on. <laughs> Please keep those going. Exactly. Uh, and we'll send you tapes. We'll, we'll we'll record things on VCR and send you tapes of our of our Sunday morning TV appearances. Mine will be mostly nude. <laughs> nude VHSs. For real, though. Dude, no nude v- VHSs. <laughs> None. <laughs> Wait, they still make VHS? I forgot they, about that. They still do. Uh, you can pick them up in your, your local CVS. Hey, thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. We've got another great show lined up for you tomorrow. We're talking about the Hornets that we lost in the 2016 free agency period. Plus, we'll tell you what's happening around the NBA with our own Nick Denning. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please give us a five-star review. If you'd like to advertise with us, email buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com. For David and Nada, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.